Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org. Why don't you turn in your Bibles with me, keep your fingers in uh, Revelation chapter 2. You know, I get excited when God does his thing and I don't really have to do anything. I just get to show up and he gets to put his exclamation point on what has already been happening. Yep. It's kind of my favorite. Yep. And I feel like that's what he wants to do today. You know, when I was praying about this message... The gravity of it hits me every time. And I'm going to cry. <laughs> because God wants a bride that loves him above all others. And there's a call in this hour for sons and daughters to rise up in passionate, zealous love for God. And I call this return. <laughs> and I think there's a picture of my favorite thing, which is a heart on fire. And honestly, there are not enough words in the ling- English language to convey the heart of the Father to us. Letters are but symbols. There's such a depth of love that came when Jesus came. When God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And today the Lord wants to blow on our hearts. And I believe when I was praying, with, when I was praying about this, God said, as I was begin to speak, hearts would start to burn. It's not because of what I'm saying. It's because the spirit of God right now is bearing witness in every heart and every son and daughter that he has this amazing love and communion and invitation for a bride to come in and covenant with him and have him above all others in her heart. This subject has been talked about a billion times. It will be talked about a billion times after I'm done talking about it. And if you hear anything, hear the Spirit of God this morning. Don't hear my words. Close your eyes and hear the Spirit of God. This love, this agape love that we're going to talk about is undignified by the world's standards. It goes beyond our comfort zones. It stretches into forgiveness that we've never known. It doesn't allow us our pride. It doesn't allow us our preference. It doesn't allow us those things. It allows us a choice. It allows us the choice of him as king and him alone. Return to your first love. Revelation 2 verses 2 to 7 says, I know your deeds. And this is Jesus 
in John's vision talking to the church of Ephesus. I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men and you put to test those who call themselves apostles and they are not and you found them to be false and you have perseverance and you've endured for my name's sake and you haven't grown weary. Those are good things. But I have this against you that you have left your first love. And I'm going to stop there. All of the things that we can do for God, all of the things that we can do mean nothing if we have vacated the position of first love. Doing things for God mean nothing without his agape love birthing it from our hearts. See, doing things for God equals performance outside of his love. Because the only way that we can love him and have first love is that he loved us first. These are all things we know. Revelations 2.4, you have left your first love. The word left here in the Greek actually means to send away, to forsake, to, to bid to go away. And the picture is a husband divorcing his wife. Let's think about that. I want to parallel this. I'm not just going to talk about this as a verse. I want to parallel this as the church because this may be written to the church of Ephesus, which is a church in the New Testament, but this is written to the church and we are the church. This is here for us. It's here in the Bible for us now in this moment. Well, Deneen, that's like end time stuff. End time stuff. (laughs) Oh my gosh, they're talking about it from the pulpit. What am I going to (laughs) do? No, it's about now stuff. See, the end times, it doesn't matter the time Christ comes back. Now is the time that we're living with him, for him, and in him. So if we don't have first love, what is the point? How many of you have um, ever been in a relationship? I won't say relationship because I'm not wanna re- I don't want to relegate this to uh, marriage only. When you have a relationship and it's new, oh, I mean, how many of us have been like, okay, married people, like Ty and I have been married for 26 years. It's good. Yes. Okay. You know, you walk in and immediately, immediately, you see the new couple. automatically you can feel the love that's between you can feel what's happening there's something happening oh my gosh okay when we have first love with the Lord the anticipation is the same there's something that's going to happen today 
There's something that's going to happen every minute of every day in my life as I walk with the Lord. There's not going to be a dull moment. I get to be excited. I get to wake up ready. I get to wake up. What are we doing today? Where are we going to go today? I want to know what you're thinking today. I got this stuff going on. What do you think about that? You know, I really want to know the answer to that. God, what do you think about it? What do you want to do with it? How do I walk in it? What do I do to look like you in the middle of it? I just want you in here. I sit with my husband, I can sit in the same house, we don't have to be in the same room, but my thoughts go towards him. What is he doing right now? In fact, I'll walk into, I'll walk into the office and he'll be at his computer doing something and I'll just walk in and I'll be like, hey babe, he's like, oh hey. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm working. And I'm like, <laughs> But I'm coming to find out what he's doing. I'm interested in what he's up to. I want to know where he is. I want to be by him. My life, we share it. We're one. Where he is, I want to be. Yeah, sure, I can handle, you know, three days in Seattle hanging out with my sisters. That's awesome. But ultimately, I want to go back to being with my husband. First love is like that. First love is like that, and I'm way out of my notes. I probably won't even look at my notes. See, these are usually just for the Lord making me feel better. (laughs) But the word left here is to divorce, like a husband divorcing his wife. You've left your first love. I can't even imagine that. I can't even imagine experiencing, coming. I mean, just think about this. When you first learned who God was, when he awakened your heart, When there was that moment where you tasted his presence and you were like, there's never going back. My life has changed. You went from black and white upgraded into color, full HD, UHD now, 4K TV. Let's go, 4K Ultra. Sorry, whatever the highest is, I'm not that technological, whatever. Okay? You went into that. Do you remember what that was? And then 15 years later, after serving the Lord, and isn't it interesting, instead of actually calling it after loving the Lord, we call it serving the Lord, only serving the Lord. But our service should come from our love. I think we should change it. I think it should be loving the Lord. Yeah, we'll see how part of our husbands after loving our husbands, yeah. But don't, do you remember what it was? And I'm going to run out of time probably, and that's okay, because we're, God's going to do his thing. We have these moments where we remember, but then other times, because of what is convenient or what is needed in the moment, we forsake the love, and we take our will and put it somewhere else. We offer it to something else. As soon as it becomes uncomfortable, no longer is the hard way the right way, because really, honestly, Christianity, again, isn't easy. Thank you, babe. But then it becomes a way of convenience. What's most convenient? What's most instant gratification? And we put away that relationship. We don't even check in with God. How many of you understand what I'm saying? 
Sometimes we just get on a roll and we're so familiar with the day-to-day without him that we just start to assume and make decisions anyway. When, when Jesus is saying this, he's not saying this as, I'm Jesus, you're the church. He's saying it as the bridegroom to the bride. He's saying, it, look, look, look at this in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 2. This is actually a reference to this. This is what the Lord says, I earnestly remember the loving kindness and devotion of your youth, your time of betrothal like that of a bride during the early years. A bride during the early years of marriage is not jaded by things that have gone wrong. A bride in the early years is not worried not worried about even what we're going to do. A bride in the early years is like, whatever we're doing, we're facing together. Whatever we're doing, we're doing it together. We have become one. I don't live my life separate from my husband. I live my life in oneness, in covenant. And when Jesus came, his blood created a new covenant for you and I. And when we became Christians, we became born again into a new covenant. We were invited into this place with the Lord Jesus Christ, where we were no longer facing the day-to-day together. But there was a new way, and a new way to live, and a new way to move, and a new way to have our being, and that was in covenant love that never loses its passion, never loses its ardor, always is full of fire because it's anticipating the other. It's great to persevere, but perseverance at the cost of first love will kill you. Look, we're a warrior house. We've talked about this before. We have persevered. But Father's house will never persevere and lose its first love. Ever. When perseverance becomes the reason you live, you already have started dying. Jesus is the reason we live. He's the reason. He's the how we move and have our being. He's the one worthy of everything. Oneness is oneness. Jesus' prayer in John 17 was that we would be one as he and the Father were one. Can we actually fathom what that means? Love is not apart from covenant. Hmm. How many of y'all been to a wedding? We just were at a wedding. We celebrated Trey and Tara's wedding. I love weddings, personally. Probably most, most women love weddings. <laughs> I mean, there's some that don't. Most people like weddings. You either really like them or you really don't. You kind of, there's not really a middle ground. It's usually one or the other. But have you ever watched people's faces at a wedding? So the ceremony starts, and you look around, and as the people start coming up the aisle, you start to see the faces, and you can kind of tell sometimes when the emotion comes over who's in a good spot in their relationship, who is angry in their relationship, who wants a relationship, and uh, who desires more than what they have. You can see it. And what I love about um, weddings is we're witnessing, right, first love. We're witnessing first love coming into covenant. 
We're witnessing the pledge of hearts too becoming one. What happens when the, when the vows are spoken, at least for me, is that you start to remember. You start to remember what it was like when you were standing there with your husband. When you made that first covenant, you start to remember. It doesn't matter if you had been in a fight, you start to remember the love that you had and have. You start to remember what it was like to stand up there in front of him. You could remember all the things in your wedding that happened. Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, I don't know. And then the vows happen. And you start to, in your mind and heart, say those vows to your husband. Come on, I'm not the only one, come on. And girls, you all watch Hallmark, I know you do. Every time that someone's up there saying vows, it's an invitation actually to you to think of the Lord and the covenant that you have. Especially if you're single. Just gonna pop that in there. But you remember the covenant. First love is based on covenant. So, Deneen, what are you going to do here? Actually, it's really Holy Spirit. What are you doing here? How does our love grow cold? What are indicators that your love has grown cold? The first one, what was once done out of passion is now done out of duty. Chris Valton has this saying, it's one of my favorite sayings, is that passion looks like sacrifice to people who are not in love. Have you ever been in a situation where the Lord had asked you not to do something, particularly, it could be anything, and some people were wanting to do that very thing, and you said, no, I can't do that. And immediately, why not? Why can't you do that? Are you doing the rule thing? Are you just doing that because you're religious? A covenant won't bow to pressure from another source. And where passion is expressed in a form of love for us because we want to keep our heart for the one that we love. Others who do not understand that love will see it as rules, regulations, and sacrifice. How you know your heart has grown cold is when your passion has become rules, regulations, and sacrifice. First love, loves because of love, agape love. Loves for the sake of the other. It defers to the other, it's for the other. Love loves, God is love, God is love. He doesn't separate what he does for us from his love. He doesn't separate what he doesn't do for us from his love. His glory is not separated from his love. His character and nature is not separated from his love. It is unconditional towards us. But we have to choose it and we have to move into it by our will through our covenant with God. Second thing that will give an indication, kind of sort of a little bit the same, but not really, which is what was birthed out of covenant becomes contractual. A lot of people 
have relationship with God on a contractual basis. I will give you this if you'd perform for me the word you said when I want it. Your promises are yes and amen. Aren't they yes and amen? Yes, when I want them. If they're yes and amen, if I can have them now. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't say, I want it my way and I want it now. Isn't that a song? I want it my way and I want it now. The world sings, I want it my way and I want it now. Covenant love says, I want it your way and I want it the best. I want it your way so that it's blessed. Right? I know I'm rhyming today. I'm good. It's good. But covenant is based on oneness. So agape love is based on oneness. We get everything from Christ as our sufficiency because we are one with him. Everything in him is available to us and us in him. We are his. We are literally his property. We don't like that one. Hello, blood price, blood bought. We always say blood bought. Do we ever think that that means actually our lives were purchased by the king of glory to live for him, not for ourselves? First love, though, doesn't mind that because it doesn't look like rules and restrictions. First love, it looks like love. Servanthood, sometimes friendship, looks like rules and regulations. Another way you understand that first love is kind of moving away is if other things begin to steal your attention and focus. Idolatry is a huge part of why we have lost first love. Let me say that again. If you think we minced words here, or we don't talk about the Bible, idolatry is wrong, but we have different types of idolatry in this century than they had in that one. Idolatry right now, I don't know what it looked like then, I didn't live there, is very narcissistic, and right now we live in a narcissistic culture, and the main idolatry is self. It also looks like TV. It also looks like whatever thing takes the place of God. We talked about false refuges. Whatever you find comfort in, whatever you're finding your happiness in, whatever you're finding your stuff in that isn't Christ is idolatry. Idolatry brings compromise. It makes a house divided and a house divided cannot stand. So you want first love? You want to remember, we remember, we begin to remember, but then we have to repent for idolatry and reestablish the covenant which pushes him in the first place and him alone. First love is worth that. Jesus is worth that. There is no other worth that. The next one is, where do my thoughts drift off to first when I'm at rest? When I stop being busy, busy, the false counterfeit of intimacy. When I stop being busy, where do my thoughts go? 
do my thoughts go to what is, is, what is God doing right now? What does he want to say to me? Where is he? Have I positioned my heart to find him in every moment? Or am I consumed with what I want to do and how I want to do it and how I just want to be? You know, I'm guilty of that. I get tired. I get exhausted. We all do. We go home. We sit down. And the first thing we think of, usually, if we're honest with ourselves, isn't what is God thinking right now. But it needs to be. That's first love. That's first love. The fruit of righteousness, fruitfulness in the kingdom, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, all that only comes out of the love of God. But if we are not in the love of God, this is the thing. We cannot perform our way into the love of God. We actually have to receive it. That means stop. Position, posture, look to him, repent from all the stuff that is keeping us from straying and actually receive, ask him, ask, Deb talked about it, we do not receive because we do not ask, but even more than that, because we do not believe that we're going to receive it. And in this point, when we're before the Lord, and it's the blood of Jesus, the covenant that puts you there without the condemnation of your sin. So you can actually sit there and receive and ask a good father as a son or a daughter for his love. But you have to believe that you're going to receive it. And the last one that I have is what standard am I using as a measure of success in my life? Is it how much I do for God or how much I look like him? First Corinthians, the beginning of that says, I can have the tongues of angels and do all this stuff. I can prophesy. I can prophesy to the moon. I can prophesy to all the dead bones. All the dead bones rise. All the dead bones rise. All of you come out of the tomb. Come out of the tomb. But if I don't have the love of God, I am nothing. I am nothing. See, God will answer and he will perform his word and the hungry people that have come will receive. Because God will never let a hungry person go without being fed. But that is not because you prophesied. And you could get up here and you could perform. Woo, I could be all hype and I could perform, I could perform everything I could perform. Look at me, I performed. Thank you very much. And someone could leave touch, but it wasn't because of your performance. It's because the Spirit of God fills the hungry. Without love, we are nothing. First love demands. First love, the agape love of God demands all of us for all of him. All of us for all of him. So what do we do to get back there? The first thing, we remember. We remember our first love remember what he did for you on the cross remember his body remember his blood feast on his goodness we all know agape love means continual love towards 
the other for the other's benefit. The word agape was also used in, this is not to confuse that definition, was also used in the New Testament to describe the feasts that the disciples would have when they would come together and they would remember Jesus. They called it the agape feast. The feast of love. The feast of communion. We gotta remember. We gotta remember who Jesus is. First Corinthians 11, 23 through 25, Jesus said, this is Paul telling what Jesus said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he takes the, the cup, first he takes the bread, then he takes the cup and he, he says, this is the cup of the new covenant. Everyone say, new covenant of my blood. That is the covenant of agape love. And he says, drink it. Do this in remembrance of me. The first thing we do to get back to first love is we remember who God is. We remember what he has done. We meditate. The psalmist talks about, I meditate on your goodness. I meditate on who you are. I delight in your law. I meditate on your nature, your character. I meditate. I think about. I dwell on that place. I think about. Can you you imagine all day long you could think about God just on one of his attributes and be blown away. And you go swimming and you go deeper and you're like, oh my gosh, my mind is blown. I don't even know what to do with this. I don't even, but what's happening is the inside of you is being transformed and you're being realigned to first love. Remember what his blood has done for you. The enemy cannot keep you in fear and condemnation when the blood of Jesus sets you free. But if you do not receive what the blood of Jesus has done, the covenant can stand there and you can just look at it, be like, it's like a nice covenant. But your will has to be engaged to receive the covenant. Receive, remember. What does it mean that his body was crushed for us? Every curse, every, everybody say every, every curse placed upon him. He was a curse for us. In other words, he died as us on the cross. What? We don't really understand that. First love died on the cross so that we could be in first love. Jesus doesn't have us enter into something he has not already done. It is finished means it is finished means first love died so that you and I can enter into first love. Just saying. When we dwell on his love for us, his love multiplies inside us. Second one, repent. We have to turn our hearts and our attention back to the Lord. We have to divorce. The same thing that this says this church was guilty of, forsaking the Lord, we need to forsake, divorce, write a decree that we will no longer participate with the gods of this world, but we choose instead to serve him alone. Joshua, in Joshua it says, choose you this day whom you will serve. That carries into the new covenant. We have the choice. And number three, 
And this is in Revelation chapter two. This is verses five through seven. He says, do the things that you did at first. But it's not do the things for the sake of deeds. It's do the things out of the love that you had at first. When you remembered me, when, when I first saved you, you thought I could do anything. Remember that? What happened after 15 years? You forgot that I could do anything? Do you understand what I say? I'm being sarcastic, but at the same time, you have to get this. We compartmentalize. We separate things from him. And he's wanting it all. He says no separation. But we go through life and we have disappointments and we have different things and we choose slowly to separate and forsake those things that we committed to at the beginning. And so today, I just feel this call. This isn't meant to be a heavy downward thing. This is an invitation into a new depth, a new depth of the love of God, a new depth of the covenant of the blood of Jesus for you and I. A fiery bride. I have a story, my sister, Ben, come up. My sister um, came back from, I think it was Bethel, we were sitting in the car and she says to me she wanted to do this like little prophetic exercise and I was like oh okay she's like so I want you to close your eyes and I want you to say the first thing that you see and I'm like that's so weird why would I do that that's just I, I want to I, I want to know why no just do it just do it just close your eyes and just tell me the first you think see and I close my eyes and I just go fire she goes you can't say fire I go, what? That's what I see. She goes, no, it has to be like a shape or something. She goes, when I did this, I saw a horse. And I'm like, okay. So I close my eyes. I go, ball of fire. (laughs) Ball of fire. She goes, goes, Denine, it's still fire. I go, it's a ball. She goes, well, the whole point of this exercise is how you see yourself with the Lord. Fire. Fuego mas. Mas fuego, fuego mas, forward and backwards. Yes, fuerte. And today God wants to pour out the fiery love of his covenant with you into you afresh. Look, if you've been serving the Lord for 15 years, you can have the first love every day. We have fallen into this lie and deception of the enemy that first love can't be every day. It's not about emotion. First love, yes, we have emotions and that's and I know I used some examples that had feelings attached to them. However, first love is a choice. It's every day I'm committed to wake up and put my thoughts on you, Jesus and ask you and find you where you are in my day, to invite you to be one with me and share everything that I am doing. I want to know what you think about it. I'm going to walk the block. I'm going to walk in my neighborhood. I'm going to ask you questions and I'm going to listen to hear what you have to say because it's important to me. I'm going to posture my heart to find you in every room. To know you so much that as soon as something is said that I know is not you, I already know. I don't have to doubt. To be so sure of your love for me and my love for you. 
Look, this isn't fake. This is, this is what Christianity is supposed to be. This is what oneness is supposed to be. It's an anticipation of the other. It is setting my life so that I'm going to anticipate when God moves. And I'm going to be there before he even gets there because I know where he's going. Because I want to see him. I want to see him do the stuff. I want to see him in his glory, his character. I want to be like him. I want to have all of my insights match what his insights look like. I want his character and his nature to sweat out of me onto everybody else. I want to see the world change. This is the thing. We can have a vision to see the world change, but unless we carry the love of Christ, it can't. And you cannot give away what you do not carry. And so this is the invitation. So I want us to stand together. I believe that God is wanting our house I didn't talk to Steve about this ahead of time. I just really feel this by the Spirit. So I just feel that we are to recovenant with the, the Lord. We're going to sing this song, You Won't Relent. And afterwards, I just we're just going to take a moment. I'm not going to lead you in the prayer. I believe this is between you and the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit is burning and in every heart right now. He's actually saying, hey, i got some things to say. I want you to listen. I want all of you and nothing else and we need to posture our hearts to hear because when he begins to speak when it's actually him it's not a vain imagination it's not something we're thinking about but when it's him things are going to start to shift inside a new birth is happening there's a birthing that's happening in the spirit as we father's house Come into the place where we say, Lord, we will never choose another above you. We are jealous for you in our city. We are jealous for you in our homes. We want you to be the Lord of all. We want you to be the fire, you to be the flame, you to be the source, you to be the ignition switch, you to move everything, and we move into you. We won't move to build until you move to build. Just like Jesus said, I don't do anything that the Father isn't doing. That same love, that laid down love, will move through our house. And every person in here is essential. Every person, whether you're visiting, whether you're part of Father's house, you are here because God appointed you to be here right now. God is making us living vessels of fire. Because it's the fire of his love that is what shifts and brings in the kingdom of God. So Lord, as Father's house, we make a fresh commitment to you. We turn our eyes to you. We remember who you are. We make a fresh commitment to not fall away, to not grow cold, to not grow cold in our love, but to burn with a passion, to burn with your fire, to invite you into every part of our life, to invite you, God, to move us into deeper realms of your love, to transform us that we would be your burning ones on the earth. God, we are nothing without you. Come and fill us afresh. Lord, I ask right now that you would move. You would blow afresh.
condition of the hearts, that you would send your angels with the fire, with the oil, with the waters of refreshing, that you would bring from the dead every heart that has been in ashes. God, you are the restorer. You are the bringer back to the beginning. And Lord, I thank you that you are renewing us in our covenant with you and in our hearts, God. Blow afresh, blow afresh, blow afresh, blow afresh, blow a fresh fire, blow a fresh fire, pour it out, God, upon us. We want more of you, Jesus. But right now, in Jesus' name, I just bless you. I bless you with the fresh fire of God. I bless you with a tenacity to pursue Him with all of your heart, to pursue Him above all other things. I bless you with the courage to say no to the things that have held you back, the courage to say no to the things that are calling to be idols in your life. I bless you with the courage and the strength to overcome in Jesus' name. From Jesus himself said at the end of that passage, to he who overcomes, I give the right to the tree of life in paradise. And so I thank you, God, that you are the living God, the resurrection life, the tree of life, and that as we move to you, you fill us with yourself in a new way. So I bless everyone in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org.